Thanks, Elise. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we pray that your word might dwell in us and bear much fruit uh, to your glory this, this coming year. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, according to HowStuffWorks.com, very reputable website, um, the ancient Babylonians actually were the first to uh, make New Year resolutions, um, and they would make promises to 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 their gods in hopes that they would earn their favour for for the coming year. New New Year's resolutions have always been uh, hopeful. They've always been hopeful. Uh, we, we make promises to ourselves um, to start doing something or to, to stop doing something. Um, and yet very few of us actually keep these promises. And so uh, I don't know how they come up with these stats. But uh, apparently even as we make them, only 50% of us are confident that we'll actually attain them. And actually only 10% of us do attain them. Uh, we have all the good intentions in the world, don't we? Uh, in, in January, we, we intend to run the marathon, right? In February, we adjusted to the half marathon. By March, we've, we've settled for the park run, okay? Nothing wrong with the park run, by the way. Um, but most New Year resolutions uh, sort of go in one year and out the other. See what I did there? Thank you, Ray. Thank you. Sometimes, though, it can, the same can be said of our goals to grow as a Christian. We have all the good intentions in the world, but very quickly we find ourselves dragging our feet. Well, the new year is as good a time as any to do a sort of spiritual checkup, to sort of get our bearings, to, to, to chart a bit of a course. And so I'm going to give you a moment in your heads to plot your Christian growth on a graph, okay, just in your heads, with each up and each down representing some high or some low in your walk. And so if you can't do this little exercise sort of in the moment, I want to encourage you to do it sometime maybe later this afternoon as a way to to start uh, the year off. So it might look something like one of these lines that I have uh, behind me. Just take a moment to think about how it is that you've grown as a Christian. It could well be over the last, over last year. It could be over your lifetime uh, or since you became a Christian. Have a think about your Christian growth. Which line perhaps represents where you are or where you have been. It's a little simplistic, but, but I wonder whether you can picture your, your Christian growth. Well, here are some diagnostic questions for you. How are you travelling? How are you travelling? Have you, have you plateaued in your Christian growth? What's your trajectory? Are you growing? Are you growing? Well, this morning we're going to have a think about um, the topic of us growing as believers. Because not only is that what we are called to do, that is what we're called to do as Christians, to grow as believers, but all we want to be and do here at TMPC actually relies on us growing as individual believers. 
It is the believers who are growing, who, who are going to be most energetic about our vision to make more disciples and to make more mature disciples. Believers who are growing are going to be the ones who will love the brothers and sisters here at TMPC to make this the sort of church community that we want it to be. Believers who are not growing find it hard to pray persistently. They find it hard to serve sacrificially. They find it hard to, to give generously. They find it hard to accept change for the sake of the gospel. All we want to be and do here at TMPC relies on us growing as individual uh, believers. Now, most of you, uh, I realise, are already are Christians. Uh, vast majority. Uh, and most of you have been Christians for a long, long time. And so perhaps you're wondering, is growing really for you? Surely growing is a young man's game. Uh, interestingly, they, they say that the, the older you are, the less likely you are to make a New Year's resolution. Now, why is that? <laughs> Thank you. It could be any number of different reasons. But perhaps you've learned, actually, that real change requires a great deal of effort. And so perhaps you've become a bit, become a bit more realistic or perhaps a bit more pessimistic. And yet, even us grown-ups are still called children of God. Children of God. And so we too are called to grow, to become fully mature in Christ. And so wherever you are in your Christian walk, I want to encourage you to think about how it is that you can grow as a believer in, in 2023, perhaps even setting yourself a goal. 2 Peter 1, the, 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 the verses that we had read there, um, a kind of mini-sermon actually on this topic of Christian growth uh, and Peter, in his context, he writes to these Christians, actually, because there's a kind of false teaching that is circulating among these Christians to whom he is writing um, that threatens to stunt their growth. That's what false teaching does. It threatens to stunt your growth. And from what we can gather, the false teaching in that context, it went something like this. That Christ has not come back yet means he ain't coming back, ever. And so live as you wish. Eat, drink and be merry. Now we may not be threatened by that same obvious heresy, although I suspect somewhere deep down some of us have come to believe it. Yet regardless, Peter's introduction is a great place for us to start to think about our own spiritual growth. But do you notice where he starts? He doesn't start with an imperative, do this, don't do that. He starts with the gospel. And the gospel is all about receiving. That's what the gospel is about. It's all about receiving. Look how he starts there. To those who through the righteousness of our God and Saviour Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Peter begins by stressing that even salvation by faith 
is a gift. Is a gift. God gives, we receive. That is the pattern. That's the pattern. And it is the same pattern that we see when it comes to godly living. See verse 3 there. Uh, His divine power has given us everything we need. Malcolm, I might need your help here. Verse 3. Can you skip to the next one? There we are. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Friends, unsurprisingly, God would have us live godly lives. But, and, and, and here's, here's the good news. He has given us everything we need to enable us to live such a life. The point is that growing in grace requires a whole lot of grace. Paul puts it like this in, in, in Philippians. He says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And notice here that it is going to be through our knowing him more that we become like him. Can we have verse 3 up there, Malcolm? Just click to the next one. No, go back one. (laughs) There we are. So friends, before we need a a resolution, we need a saviour. We need a saviour. But now that we we have a saviour, we do. We need to make a resolution. We do. And so Peter goes on there in verse 5, for this very reason... Make every effort, make every effort to add to your faith. And then he goes on to list virtues such as goodness and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and mutual affection and love. Peter is saying, since you have been given everything you need for a holy life, for a godly life, make every effort to grow in godliness. See, the Christian life is both one in which we receive and one in which we make every effort to grow as receivers. You see, many of us wish that our our growth as believers were actually a series of moments in which these virtues was, was somehow infused into us. But no, Peter tells us we're to make every effort to grow. We do not grow by sitting back and waiting for God to do it for us. Growth is not automated. It actually requires a great deal of effort. As Christians, we're not passive participants in our sanctification. That is our becoming more like Christ. We are active participants in our sanctification. We must flee from sin and pursue godliness. And it's not a once-off or a a once-a-year promise we make to ourselves. It is an everyday effort to grow. And Peter has included a sample list of areas there in which we are to grow. Faith or, or faithfulness, perhaps. Goodness. Knowledge. Self-control. Perseverance, 
godliness, mutual affection, and love. Now, if you're anything like me, one or two of those will stand up, stand out to you as areas in which you need to grow in. Perhaps you need to grow in your knowledge of Jesus, in your relationship with him. Perhaps you need to grow in your self-control. We are called to live a life of self-restraint, not self-indulgence. Perhaps you need to grow in your mutual affection for your brothers and sisters here at church. Perhaps in uh, taking the initiative to show hospitality to others. So the chances are that one or two of these, you will know which areas in which you will need to grow in most. And of course, these virtues ultimately describe Jesus. And so it is an encouragement that we become more Christ-like. So, since we've received everything we need for a godly life, we are to make every effort to live godly lives. And growing as a believer, growing in this, is just so critical. Look what Peter says next. He says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, I'll say that again, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. It is one thing possessing these qualities, okay? Every Christian possesses possess these qualities to some degree. It is another thing to possess these qualities in increasing measure. Friends, we Christians are called to grow. We're called to grow. And if we do not, we are in danger of becoming ineffective and unproductive, nearsighted and blind, forgetting what Christ has done for us when we first came to him for repentance. By the way, this is not just a memory lapse, this forgetting. It's a willful act of ignoring the fact that you have been forgiven and living as you wish. Now, we are called to produce fruit in keeping with our repentance. That's what we're called to do. And repentance signifies a change of heart that is testified to by a change of behaviour out of gratitude for what Christ has already done for us. You see, we don't make every effort to earn forgiveness, right? We make every effort because we already have forgiveness. We're not working for our salvation. We are working out our salvation. To be a Christian is to be growing. Because the implication is that actually we are to be effective. We are to be productive. That is, God should be able to use us as he will. Now, we're, we're, we're all going to have good weeks. 
We're all going to have bad weeks. Might even have good years. Bad years. Right? But we had to make every effort to ensure that the trajectory of our Christian life is one of growth. And notice how in these verses, our growth comes from knowing Jesus. So we first came to know Christ when we first came to him, when we first became a Christian. For some of you, that's many, many years ago. But as we come to know him more, we will become more and more fruitful. And once again, and here is the good news, God has given us everything we need for a godly life. That's what it says. Friends, the Christian life is not somehow stacked against you. I know it can feel like that sometimes, but the Christian life is not stacked against you. God has stacked the odds in your favour. He has paid everything required for your failings through his son. And he is just calling you to be who you are really uh, in him. And yet none of us have arrived, so to speak. In fact, we are to ensure that we make every effort to arrive. Uh, and so he goes on there in verses 10 and 11. He says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort. There it is again. Make every effort to confirm uh, your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Once again, we are to make every effort. Every effort. The Christian life is hard work. And God demands that we work hard and we sacrifice much to follow him. But by growing as a believer, you actually sort of authenticate your faith. See, it is your response to having received God's grace that proves that you've actually received God's grace. Can you see that? And here Peter keeps attention, doesn't he, between God's sovereign choice and our serious responsibility. He's saying that we must prove by our lives that God has indeed chosen us and has given us life. And we do this, don't we, for our own sakes, for our own assurance of salvation. But we also do this for the sake of others. That others may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. See, it's not enough actually simply to possess these virtues. They must be lived out. And when we do, Peter promises that you will never stumble, which doesn't quite sound right, does it? Because, of course, uh, James writes, for example, we all stumble in many ways. Now, that sounds a little more like it, <laughs> a little more like you and I, doesn't it? But actually here, it's generally agreed that it means something like God is able to keep you from falling, as in what we read in Jude 24. Jude 24 and 2 Peter are, are, are two very similar sort of books with similar sort of themes. And in Jude 24, we read, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. 
And that makes a whole lot of sense, isn't it? Because verse 11 there is a picture of a victor returning to his home city after the Olympic Games, right? It's sort of like the welcome that the Argentinian football team received when they, when they got back to Argentina after the football World Cup. Did you see those scenes? That's the sort of welcome that we have awaiting us. Friends, while we're together, uh, let me remind you of our vision here at Team PC that we put to you toward the end of last year. Our vision under God is to see the gospel overflow in our lives and at TNBC to reach the mountain and our region as it cascades down to our surrounds by making more disciples and more mature disciples who know and love Jesus as their hope and treasure. And so over the next three years, we're praying and planning that each one of us has a family member, friend or colleague become a Christian. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. Christians have always been called to make more disciples. Christians have always been called to make more mature disciples. But today we've been thinking about how it is that we, how it is that you can make every effort to grow as a believer, to become a more mature disciple of Jesus yourself. All we want to be and do here at TMPC relies on us growing as individual believers. And so let me encourage you to have a growth mindset this year, right? 2 Peter 1 through 11 says, not only that you can grow, but you're called to grow. You're called to grow as a believer. And so my question is this, what do you need to start doing or stop doing in 2023? How will you make every effort to be conformed to the image of his son through the power of the Holy Spirit? How can you give more and more of your life over to the gracious rule of Jesus? They say one of the the keys to achieving your goals is to share it with others and pursue it with others. Now, there are lots of ways that you can do this. But, for example, it is why our midweek small groups we call growth groups. That's why we call them growth groups. Because we see we are called to grow as Christians. So consider joining one if you're not already in one. And commit to one another. And challenge one another. And grow, uh, encourage one another to grow along these lines, in these ways, in more ways than these. So we have some structures and we will give you some resources to help you grow this year. We've got some resources to put to you a little later on. But it is not all about what happens here on a Sunday or somewhere else on a Wednesday. It is going to be about you making every effort to grow. And so confirm your calling and election. Sisters and brothers, my prayer is that 2023 maybe a season of growth for you, for us, actually, together, as we grow up in the gospel uh, together. We're going to close with the Lord's Prayer, and this is one in which you can just say or follow along uh, in, you, 
quietness of your own mind and the quietness of your own heart as, as we watch it up here uh, on the